Welcome back to another episode of Investees. I'm your host, Linda Garcia. And this week on the podcast, we are going to talk about the mega rich, the uber rich. I'm talking about the ultra rich. This is a topic that I've been wanting to talk to you about for four weeks now. I have been wanting to work it in to each one of the episodes that we've had up until this date, but as soon as I get into this section, this topic, the story just keeps getting deeper and it feels like it deserves its own episode. Here's the thing. I am still processing this, and I am processing this from a political perspective. Granted, one that is just starting to develop for me, but as I move through the political process, I can't help but to have a different take on this. And as soon as I started to dig deeper and deeper, I actually found my take within some of the reports on the ultra-rich. And so I want to, instead of taking the time to go deeper and deeper because it feels like it's a never-ending black hole, I thought I would just lay this out with you today and we would continue to process this information together. It feels like I'm on to something. It's not necessarily tangible for me yet. It's blurry. I'm starting to gain clarity but I don't want to sit on this story any longer. If you've ever joined any of my courses, then you know that one of the things we work on is our perspective of the wealthy. This is one of the most important parts of a journey towards building wealth. It becomes impossible to start a wealth building journey when your subconscious or even your conscious dislikes wealthy people for whatever preconceived notions, whether you believe they are true or whether they are just, in fact, assumptions. When I started to really want to get clear about building a wealth journey for myself and what that would look like, I questioned whether that would make me a greedy person because one of my beliefs is that wealthy people are greedy. And as I navigated that and checked with myself internally, I had some serious conversations with myself. Um, One of the things I do when I'm looking to understand anything is I ask myself questions and I wait for my brain to produce the answer. Sometimes the answer happens immediately. Sometimes the answer happens over a period of time. And the answer to my concerns about becoming someone that is greedy was quite simple. My brain started to lay out information and draw me towards information of what it takes to actually be wealthy, which is the letting go of money, the process of actually taking money and multiplying it, whether it is a risk or a sure bet, you have to be able to let go of money. On top of that, wealthy people practice donating money. They practice letting go of money. 
Granted, there are tax incentives to do so, and some people may be driven by the tax incentive, and some people may really be fond or compelled to donate. And there is a ton of evidence of this, right? There's actual tax documentation on the wealthy donating money. When I was assessing the evidence that I had for wealthy people letting go, the ability of letting go of money, I then shifted my perspective to looking at people in my very own environment, whether that is family, extended family, friends, neighbors, and their ability to let go of money. This includes the ability to let go of money for an investment. It doesn't necessarily have to be an investment in the stock market per se, or an investment in real estate. Maybe it's just an investment in something that will improve them as a person. Maybe it's a conference, maybe it's a course, maybe it's a book. And when I look at my community, and when I say my community, I'm speaking of people of color because that's from my perspective, how I grew up and the, the folks that I had access to. I would see that it was difficult for my community to be able to let go, to ration the idea that we should let go of money in order to invest into something that can potentially give us a return. That is too much of a risk. And by the way, that was my experience, my personal experience as well. So I'm including myself in this. It was hard for me to purchase my first ticket to go to a conference, which by the way, when I did finally purchase the ticket, it absolutely changed my life. It is one of the reasons why I am here with you today because I discovered investing in myself. And so I actually see greed. And I know that this is going to sound controversial, but I see more greed within our communities than I see amongst the wealthy. That's not to say that there are not greedy people in wealthy communities. By no means. What I'm trying to say is that greed is not exclusive to a person in a certain society. Greed is something that affects all of us, including the poor. We have the capability to be greedy as well. And it may not look like the greed we perceive from the wealthy but it is most definitely the inability to let go of money for a belief that it is much more precious in your hand right now than the possibility of you being able to let that money go, whether it's to a donation or to an investment, and be able to multiply that. We're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we're going to discuss how some of the mega rich feel about their own wealth. Investees, I almost feel a little cringe putting this out there because of the topic, but this is the last weekend I'm teaching Wealth Warrior the course. 
And maybe the first section of this podcast is what you needed to hear. If you haven't invested in Wealth Warrior, the course, perhaps this is the time. I have decided to pull away from offering this course live and online just to give myself some privacy. It saddens me because I really understand the richness of this course. I have seen what it has done to the lives of folks that have taken the course and executed the steps in the course. And so it's biased, but I think it is an amazing course. It is what landed me a book deal for Wealth Warrior, the book. If you've read the book, the book is the perfect combination. It's the perfect aid for the course. The course will be so much more easier for you to process. Head over to inloosewetrust.com, click on the menu bar, click on Wealth Warrior, the course, and check out all of the details there, including the course curriculum, the investment price, and our student testimonials. This course will be offered on February 24th and February 25th, and will no longer be offered live. Welcome back, investees. If you've been with me for some time, then you have heard me say the saying, millionaires are made during recessions. This isn't something I made up. This is something that has been documented. And it's not just recessions. It's economic crisis. We're not always in a recession during an economic crisis. We can have an economic crisis without a recession like what we experienced in 2020. Another example of an economic crisis was the 2008 housing collapse. What happens during these times is the folks that already understand how money works and have accumulated wealth will then deploy their money during these times because everything is cheaper in order to multiply even more money. And those that have spent the time learning about money and understanding how money can potentially work will then start to move into the direction of wealth building and investing and they will start to create their own wealth. It's really important for us to understand that an economic crisis will always take place. History has taught us that. And it's not necessarily that we have to wait for this crisis to take place. We should definitely start investing before a crisis. But when a crisis arises, we should lean into it. What we are experiencing with each and every crisis is that the rich are getting even richer. We are currently on track to have our very first trillionaire within a decade. Meanwhile, poverty won't be eradicated for another 229 years. This is all according to a report that was recently released called the Oxfam's Report. In other words, we are expecting for the ultra-rich to continue to get even richer, which is a no-brainer, honestly. But I think it really puts into perspective that within the next 10 years, we could potentially be looking at our very first trillionaire. 
There are currently 2,640 billionaires in the world. This number is up from 1,645 in 2014. The 2014 billionaires definitely saw a big benefit from that 2008 crash that I referenced. 1,000 billionaires are currently set to pass on $5.2 trillion in the next 20 years to their direct descendants. I think that the reaction of the trajectory of monetary growth within the uber wealthy is going to surprise you. In mid-January, more than 250 billionaires and millionaires gathered in Davos, Switzerland at the World Economic Forum and they were calling on their elected representatives to tax our extreme wealth. They went as far as writing an open letter to political leaders. Disney descendants, Rockefeller descendants signed this letter, and I wanted to share it with you today because I think this is a serious issue. And when you have the most wealthy people on this planet concerned about their wealth, then I think that this is something we should be paying attention to. The letter states, we are surprised that you have failed to answer a simple question that we have been asking for three years. When will you tax extreme wealth? If elected representatives of the world's leading economies do not take steps to address the dramatic rise of economic inequality, the consequences will be catastrophic for society. Our drive for fair taxes is not radical. Rather, it is a demand for a return to normality based on a sober assessment of current economic conditions. We are the people who invest in startups, shape stock markets, grow businesses, and foster sustainable economic growth. We are also the people who benefit from the status quo. But inequity has reached a tipping point and it costs our economic, societal, and ecological stability risk is severe and growing every day. In short, we need action now. Our request is simple. We ask you tax us, the very richest in society. This will not fundamentally alter our standard of living, nor deprive our children, nor harm our nation's economic growth, but it will turn extreme and unproductive private wealth into an investment for our common democratic future. The solution to this cannot be found in a one-off donations or philanthropy. Individual action cannot redress the current colossal imbalance. We need our governments and our leaders to lead. And so we come to you again with the urgent request that you act unilaterally at the national level and together on the international stage. 
every moment of delay entrenches the dangerous economic status quo, threatens our democratic norms, and passes the buck to our children and grandchildren. Not only do we want to be taxed more, but we believe we must be taxed more. We would be proud to live in countries where this is expected and proud of elected leaders who build better futures. As the wealthiest members of society, we would be proud to pay more to tackle extreme inequality, proud to pay more to reduce the costs of living for working people, proud to pay more to better educate the next generation, proud to pay more for resilient healthcare systems, proud to pay more for better infrastructure, proud to pay more for green transition, proud to pay more for taxes on our extreme wealth. The value of fairer tax systems should be self-evident. We all know that trickle-down economics has not translated into reality. Instead, it has given us stagnating wages, crumbling infrastructure, failing public services, and destabilizing the very institution of democracy. It has created a shameful economic system incapable of providing a brighter, more sustainable future. These challenges will only worsen if you fail to address extreme wealth inequality. The true measure of a society can be found not just in how it treats its most vulnerable, but in what it asks of its wealthiest members. Our future is one of tax pride or economic shame. That's the choice. We ask you to take the necessary inevitable steps before it's too late. Make your countries proud tax extreme wealth. And then you have 250 millionaires and 250 billionaires signing this with their biographies, what companies they own, whose descendants they are. I felt it really important to share the letter because we never really hear from these people. We hear of these people, of the companies that they own, of whose descendants they are. I felt that the letter was very clear in what their concerns are. And if we stop to think about our preconceived notions of who these people are, I feel that the majority of folks would be actually shocked to think that this is what they're feeling during a time of such inequity. It makes perfect sense from a critical perspective point of view. You don't want the country that you're living in to collapse. The collapse of the country will be the collapse of your wealth. So it makes sense to make inequality one of the things that you fight for. I'm going to make sure that I share this entire report in our show notes. It is called the Proud to Pay More 2024 Report. This really resonated with me because as I move through endorsements, endorsements is where I have to fill out questionnaires for certain organizations. And based on my answers to these questionnaires, the organization decides whether or not they want to endorse me. That endorsement then gets disseminated into their communities. 
and then that helps their communities know who to vote for. It's almost like doing the research for their community members, letting community members that they've gone through the process of uh, reading the answers on the questionnaire that I answered and then going through a round of interviews and making a decision on which candidate they're going to endorse. As I'm moving through these questionnaires, most of the questions are pertaining to the economic structure and how tax dollars are being disseminated and how resources are currently being taken away from the poor and the working class. And just answering these questions stresses me out on the thought of where are we going to get the money to disseminate more funds into these necessary resources, into these systems that the working class and the poor are dependent on? Not to mention that from my perspective, and I've been saying this over and over since I've filled out these endorsements, is that whether Texas, whether the elite of Texas understands this or not, the majority in this state, as of the last Census Bureau, are now Latinos, whether they like it or not. Children of color are the future of Texas. And if they don't start investing into the children of the future, then their great state of Texas that they have so much pride in is going to collapse. And so as I'm reading this report and as I'm reading this letter, it makes sense to me on why we need to take a stance and definitely tax the ultra wealthy. I'm not talking about the upper middle class. I'm not even talking about someone that's considered rich. I'm talking about the uber rich. I want to share a few data points that are in this report. They conducted a poll on the wealthiest. And one of the questions on the poll is, to what extent, if at all, would you support or oppose a 2% tax on billionaire wealth. 75% said they supported. 12% said that they neither supported nor opposed. Only 11% said they were opposed. I found it really interesting that the following question on the poll was, is extreme wealth concentration a threat to democracy? This was roughly divided 54% said they agreed, and 40% said they disagreed. Meanwhile, the remaining amount, which is 6%, said they don't know. Then they followed it with this question. To what extent do you agree or disagree that extremely wealthy individuals buy political influence? 72% said they agreed. 15% said they neither agreed nor disagreed. Meanwhile, 11%, there's that 11% again, said they disagreed. I find these questions fascinating. 
As someone that is currently facing a system where I'm about to get paid $7,000 a year, and I will not stop saying this because I think it is so important for us to understand systemic oppression and where it starts. We want to be activists, and I think that's great. We should be. We need to voice our opinions and fight against the system. But the truth is that we need to get elected officials in the seats in order to vote against the rights that we are losing. And one of the ways that we get folks into seats is by raising money. And it's very hard to raise money in a community that finds it hard to donate, that finds it hard to invest that feels money scarcity anytime they are letting go, not understanding what they are investing in. We're in this crazy cycle. And I think the only thing that can get us out of this is a shift in money mindset. At the end of the day, all of these social issues are rooted in lack of money. We don't have money to put political officials in office that give a shit about economic disparity. The good news is, is I give a shit. I do. I do. This, this is impacting me directly. And I understand it from this lens because of all the work that I have been doing. And it's when I come across data like this, that makes me understand that I am exactly where I am meant to be, despite the folks upset that I am unopposed. Some things are just destined to happen. I'm going to leave you all with that. And I'm going to share one other thing. If you want to donate to my campaign, please head over to Linda for Texas. F-O-R-Texas.com. I would appreciate your donation. Anything matters. A dollar matters. I need as much money as I can get so that I can hire a team. I need as much money as I can get so that I can get to know all of my constituents. All of this takes money. It requires money. I would like to pay folks instead of having them volunteer for free. I don't want to become part of the problem. I want to become part of the solution. But I am well aware that I cannot do that by myself. I need your help. And so I hope that our mindset shifts. If you feel called, head over to lindafortexas.com. You're listening to Investees, a Cosmic Standard and In Lose We Trust production. I'm your host, Linda Garcia. A special thank you to our team, Asia Simpson, Eliza Smith, and Jacob Winnick.